Hello world, this is Better Tech, a podcast where we chat with some of the most successful leaders about the latest industry developments. So join us as we explore the world reliant on tech. Hi Saif, welcome to Better Tech. It's a pleasure to have you on the channel. So let's start off today's episode with your introduction and your company's introduction as well. Um, hi, Amna. Let me start by thanking you guys for having me. Really an honor to be part of your podcast series. Uh, quickly on my side, my name is Saif. I'm part of the founding team here at Thunder. Basically, we're a digital platform that helps everyday individuals in MENA to seamlessly invest their money. We launched in Egypt in 2020. And at the moment, we have more than 300,000 downloads and are the go-to investment platform for Egyptians, the majority of which are actually investing for the first time ever through Thunder. So how exactly did the idea to start Thunder come about? Look, we're two co-founders. Uh, each of us had a different angle to it. So I'll, I'll just say my part for now. Uh, basically, yep. Thunder is the product that I would have loved to see back in 2016. Back then, I had graduated university mm-hmm. and actually tried to open my very first investment account and faced a lot of hurdles to be able to do so. Uh, between figuring out what kind of institution actually provides such a service, uh, going to the branch, signing paperwork, um, convincing them to open an account for me, even though I don't have that much money. And then opened the portal for the first time. And I remember seeing one big black screen full of numbers, which as to someone who does not come from the finance world, it was very intimidating, seemed like gibberish for me, and I didn't really have any support whatsoever. And then spent the remainder of the year just trying to figure myself out. And then... If you fast forward to today, most of the money I made in life came from my investments, not from the salary I used to get at work. And it strikes me how unfair it is that someone with my background, with my perseverance, had access to such an opportunity. And then on the flip side, someone who, who really needs such an opportunity doesn't have any access whatsoever. And this is basically the main driver behind creating Thunder. Uh, we want to be the platform of choice for everyday individuals, uh, whereby uh, we level the playing field and allow anyone, regardless of where they are, who they are, what level of finances or financial literacy that they have, to mm-hmm. uh, generate and grow wealth. Right. So how would you define the offering like in one sentence? It's a digital investment platform for you to grow your wealth. Okay, great. So, so safe. let's dive right into our topic for today, which is customer acquisition, win the battle for customers in 2022. So what exactly is the customer acquisition management process and why is it important for companies? Yeah, to me, it actually is the process by which you identify, communicate, and ultimately convince your audience to convert into a paying user. And in a world that's super connected as we are at the moment, it's becoming extremely competitive space. And accordingly, if you don't have the right team or the processes uh, in place to monitor and execute your acquisition channels and strategies, then you'll most likely lose out to put your lose out on your potential customers to other players. And then to give a sense of how important this is to us at Thunder, a third of our operations team is focused just on the acquisition uh, channel. So was this something that you, you know, had like a clear picture of right before you started Thunder that this is something that I want to implement across my organization? Look, yeah, for sure. It was something that we're 
we were clear about. For sure, we knew the importance of acquisition, but also for sure, we didn't know like what we needed to do. It was a new space for us, a new uh, geography, everything was new. So initially, right. we've, we've built a lot of the assumptions based on our family, our friends, ourselves on like as a consumer or as a, as a user number zero, what would you want and how would you want us to reach you? And this is how things started off. So the short answer is we knew it was important. We didn't know how to work at it. Yep. All we had was our gut feeling on what needs to happen and our previous experiences of uh, the other companies and tech companies, tech startups, sorry, that we used to work at. Right. Could you just elaborate on that? Like what was, uh, like what sort of problems did you guys run into and how did you overcome those? Yeah, our initial problem came from a literacy angle. So to put things in perspective, less than half a percent of the Egyptian population invests in financial instruments, which is extremely low when you compare it to uh, basically the US or Europe where more than 50% of the population invests. Um, so the biggest challenge that we initially, our two, the two biggest challenges that we initially perceived, one was a cultural challenge where this topic is extremely new to me. I don't really know that, I didn't really know that this is something that I needed or that I needed to do. And no one else that I know actually does so. And the second big challenge came from literacy. Even if I want to invest, I don't know where to start, start and how to kick things off, basically. And our biggest uh, our biggest um, way to address these challenges was basically to focus a lot on the literacy angle and education. So Thunder mm -hmm. initially became the go-to channel where people uh, go to to understand like financial management, how can I think of investing, what options do I have, uh, how should I think of things. And, and this is was our initial starting point. Yani. We started off writing articles for users to read, and then we quickly found out that even though people were interested in learning, they weren't really interested in reading uh, long articles. And then we started to switch things off, making it more exciting and more gamified, where we launched a simulator where you can right. use virtual currencies to buy and sell and redeem and subscribe into investments. And this is when we started things really trickling on. Like It was an exciting product. People were using it across all ages. It was relevant, intuitive to them. And slowly but surely, they started to use that to understand how things go. And then this is when we started by implementing our conversion techniques to, 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 to convert them into paying customers eventually. Right. So just building on that, how do you think businesses can determine the right target audience? Like what, what was the strategy that you at Thunder followed in order to find the right customers? Yeah. Look, I think it's a two-step approach depending on the cycle that you're in. And it's a little bit of a difficult question to answer for any specific question uh, for us in general. Uh, but I'll try to do so setting an example through Thunder. So basically our first phase, which was obviously our launch phase, we knew from the get-go that Thunder is a digital platform. Accordingly, it made sense to us that the way we acquire our users was through digital means and to focus on users that are comfortable doing digital transactions. Um, so I'd say that this was our starting point. We then took... Uh, one step forward where we knew that we wanted to focus on the younger generations because this is what the demographics of Egypt look like and we wanted to complement it with an educational offering so then we started thinking okay it, it makes a lot of sense to start doing partnerships with universities high schools, so that we we get our audiences from the get-go mm -hmm. um, and then once we actually reached the critical mass uh, that was significant enough yet distinct enough to have its own persona 
we started targeting individuals that have similar characteristics to our top users and advocates. Um, and this is when the, our referrals uh, kicked in and the, when we started having social algorithms that, um, that extrapolate similar characteristics to play a role in our targeting. Right. So what are some challenges that businesses can run into? What is something that, you know, in your experience, you find that people get wrong about customer acquisition? Yeah. Look, Yanni, again, Yanni, I, I can't claim to be the expert of things, but I can tell you things that I know either through my own personal experiences or seeing it firsthand through some fellow founders. But basically, <laughs> two major points come to mind. The first one is that businesses tend to forget that the world is evolving. Technologies are changing. Personalities are changing. What made a lot of sense 10 years ago doesn't really make sense anymore at the current times. And externalities are actually a thing. So initially, in Thunder, to give an example, we used to rely heavily on paid ads to acquire users. But then when the standoff between Apple and Facebook kicked in and social algorithms no longer had the proper inputs, our funnel suffered heavily. Um, I guess any the, the answer to this is to always have uh, to always be on top of things, to always monitor things um, as frequently as possible and to be flexible for change. With, uh, at Thunder, we tend to measure performances on a weekly basis and strategize new initiatives at the start of every week. Now, the second big challenge that I see is that sometimes businesses rely heavily on one acquisition channel. And like, I mean, to their point, if it works, why do you change it, you know? But then let's assume that one day, that day comes and it doesn't work, what do you actually do then? Um, and for this, I'd like to use a fellow founder's uh, experience to emphasize the issue. Um, and like without naming names, their entire acquisition relied on Facebook ads. Um, right. And I'm not sure if you recall, but there was a day uh, last year when the entire Facebook umbrella was down for a good few hours. And yeah. obviously you can imagine the, the kind of impact that this had on their business. Uh, luckily, they had a kick-ass um, solid acquisition team that managed to immediately switch to other means but it's not a luxury that everything everyone has. So you might, you might want to think of this beforehand and try to diversify your acquisition channels, uh, channels to, to ensure sustainability and quick implementation. So, but is, is that like, does that come easy or is it like a lot of hard work goes into it and figuring out, you know, how you can make sure that your strategies are evolving? Like, you, like you've said, that many businesses get this wrong, that the world is evolving, right? So is this like a sort of like a trial and error thing? Look, Kenny, I mean, initially, for sure, it's going to be a trial and error as long as you have the right set of KPIs to look at, and as long as you have the right monitoring processes, and as long as you're empowering the right individuals and giving them the space to be malleable with change and to actually adopt some of the initiatives. Because whether we want it or not, a lot of our startups start with a thesis in mind that might not be valid, that might need to pivot, that might be correct, but it's not being implemented correctly. And mm -hmm. the, one of the biggest premiums that the startup has is that it can move much quicker than all of these established uh, well-known players and big organizations. Um, so yes, to answer your question, trial and error is a big point because you need to have the right infrastructure that allows for that and that allows for it to be effective. Right. And how far do you think the management also plays a key role in this, like having the right infrastructure as well as having the right leaders? Look, Yanni, it's twofold. It's either you are a subject matter expert um, and you have the right set of controls and initiatives and have seen this before to start pushing 
your team members to do it. And then it, it really ends up being a matter of execution. Or you are the right manager in the sense where you are open to changes. You know where your weak spots are. You strengthen your team with those who know what this is. And you empower your team to make mistakes and grow as you move, as long as you're ensuring lots of right. flexibility and lots of speed and obviously not making the same mistakes over and over again. Makes sense. Makes sense. So as you know that during the pandemic, retaining customers has become much more difficult. So what do you have to say about this thing that customer retention is the new customer acquisition? Do you agree with this? Yeah, definitely agree. Like as the saying goes and as we see it in Thunder, it's more expensive to acquire a new user than it is to retain one. And you also need to account for the risk that uh, a churned user becomes a naysayer with potential customers as well. So like, I feel the biggest challenge for a business is to focus on the here now. And sometimes because of that, we tend to lose touch of what our existing users are feeling and what do they actually want. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, I, mean, I can't really say what the, the optimal solution for this is, but I can obviously lean on our experiences at Thunder on how we're tackling the situation. Obviously, we're doing a bunch of things to address this issue, but I have two, fa- two favorites. The first one is that any new employee that joins the Thunder org has to spend at least two days with our customer support team and personally address client issues. It helps them humanize the issues that we're doing. It helps them strengthen the connections that they have with our users. And this was actually inspired by my partner, Hamouda. Um, the other favorite that I have is that uh, is roundtables, basically, where, whereby every member of our ops leadership is mandated to have a weekly physical roundtable with some of, with a group of our existing users to discuss all and every right. issue that they might have. It really helps to understand the drivers uh, behind why these individuals are asking for such initiatives or why are they facing these problems. It also helps them brainstorm solutions and potential initiatives with, with users so that it's not a one-man team, basically. And eventually, it also helps us explain the rationale behind some of these issues in case it's not really something that's solvable from our end. Right. And so what are some other things that businesses can do to create a holistic strategy and build a journey-centric business that drives revenue through customer experience and brand reputation? Yeah, look, look Yanni, apart from the items I talked about previously, I think the biggest thing is to identify your customer advocates within the work. And like typically these individuals should be empowered and should have a direct line connection with relevant decision makers to make sure that things actually happen and that they have the right input and they're communicating the right pieces of information to those decision makers. And why is it important for businesses to measure customer acquisition cost? Yeah, I think this is probably my favorite question. So like if you come to think of traditional businesses, whereby I think the main metric is net profit. Startups usually get by with looking at sales um, and like having this concept of hyper growth and the sustainability of the business. But a lot of people tend to forget that growing revenues and growing metrics always need to be coupled with this answer and this question of is my business sustainable or not? Um, mm-hmm. And this is when the when this is when customer acquisition comes into play. Like. If I get a user into my platform and I know that throughout their lifetime, they're going to probably bring me $100 in revenue, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for me to spend more than that on acquiring that user. Otherwise, it's just a loss-making endeavor and I'm just throwing money out of the can, unless there is some other like grander need 
for such a thing similar to like acquiring market share or like pushing mm -hmm. the initial critical mass. Uh, but yeah, like cost of acquisition, always think of the long-term longevity of this per head or per individual per user metric and how much am I paying for this person versus how much money they're bringing in. If the answer is positive uh, and in a way that your margins make sense, then this mm -hmm. is when you can start treating things as a normal startup that is focused on hyper growth and scalability and basically reducing all the fixed expenses and um, how do you call it, like uh, distributing them over the, the masses. Right. Uh, lastly, Zayf, what is one thing that you like to say to budding entrepreneurs out there who are, you know, just in the process of getting their business started? So is there any advice that you want to leave them with? <clears throat> Yeah, look, two things, Yanni. One, a lot of the world's issues are going to be solved by you guys. And you're probably going to face a lot of issues and a lot of stress and a lot of obstacles that no one else will face. So as much as possible, try to always think of your goal, no matter how difficult it is, and persevere through all of these issues. And like the second thing, and it kind of relates to the first point, is that if the, the mission and vision of what you're trying to do isn't something that you're living and breathing on a daily basis, it will be quite easy for you to give up on some point. Um, so like, just make sure that the endeavor you're going into is something that even though you don't necessarily have all the information, all the inputs that you need, but at mm -hmm. least it's something that you really believe in. Like Anna, every day I wake up, I really believe that it's a shame that my country doesn't have an easy way for those who don't have access to be able to invest their money. Every time I face a bad day, every time there's a major issue, I think of the users that I have on the platform, how many lives I'm changing and the impact of that I'm having on, let's say, one or two individuals, whereby things are drastically changing for them just because of the things I'm doing. To give an example, we have um, this lady that's using our platform and basically she wanted to send her kid to study robotics in, in uh, Germany. And she always knew that investing was the only way that she can sustainably do so went to the bank tried to open an account and the bank basically told her that the minimum account balances is something that you don't have um, okay. and like she had to wait until something like thunder came to be and now because of thunder she does have a roadmap on how she can fulfill this dream of sending her money uh, her, her her kid to college in in germany you know like and then like when you think of all your problems as a business and then you come up think of all of this impact even though if if it's just one person it kind of makes things helpful and, and easier to, to deal with. Right, right. So that wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for joining us on Better Tech. Thank you so much, Amna. And super excited to, uh, to track your uh, progress. Thanks for listening to Better Tech. We look forward to bringing you the latest industry news in our next episode. In the meantime, Check out our other episodes at techcell.com slash podcast and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you never miss an episode.